Welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn and Christopher Prunty. Gentlemen, so glad to have you on today. Really, really just miss your sweet faces all the time. Uh, anyway, on today's episode, we have our very first Patreon prompt from our listener, Gluax Speed. You might remember Gluax Speed from a previous episode that we did way back, but he's back and as a Patreon this time. And his prompt for us today is, recently I've been playing around with the world full of stereotypical magic. However, where it gets fun, for us at least, is the idea that magic is treated as some big horrific thing, Lovecraftian style. Certain people are still born with magic and throughout their lives it constantly calls to them, whispering to them to use it, almost like a second voice constantly with you. And so with that prompt in mind, we're going to be introducing our tenets of this world, and we start from there. So before we get started, let's talk a little bit about Lovecraft, shall we? Sure. Lovecraft is, I wouldn't say has a special place in my heart, because the, the contemporary of his that I studied in undergrad um, was Clark Ashton Smith. Yeah. So they all kind of believe in the same scary things. So uh, what I wanted to do is we're tackle... not talking about the racism, by the way. That's not the <laughs> yes. scary thing that we're talking about. <laughs> that would fit under the umbrella of the scary no. thing. I, I, I didn't even know that about him. I don't think Clark Ashton Smith was as a virulent racist as H.P. Lovecraft. He's but pretty bad. Ruling out that he was. Oh, uh, yeah, he was uh. pretty bad. Um, but anyway, though, no, what, what I'm talking about is particularly is the philosophy called cosmicism. <laughs> Which is what appears in, or uh, really what H.P. Lovecraft developed in his work. Um, and, you know, if we were going to summarize that, it really comes down to that the universe is empty of morality and human um, feeling in the way that we understand it. And so um, when we're confronting the universe and the unknown, we're kind of imparting our own um, meaning into it, when in fact it has none and it's completely indifferent to human beings. So it's this very stark um, view of the, of the universe. Yeah, like it, yeah. It, I mean, it, it's almost it almost takes nihilism a step further because it not only does it say like there's no meaning in the universe except what you bring to it, but not only is that the case, but the universe is actually indifferent to you. <laughs> there's one quote that I grabbed from um, a book called H.P. Lovecraft Against the World Against Life, um, and I'm going to butcher the author's name. I think it's Mikkel Holbeck. Um, and he just kind of summarizes the cosmicism philosophy as the universe is only a furtive arrangement of elementary particles. The human race will disappear. Other races will appear and disappear in turn. The sky will become icy and void, pierced by the feeble light of half-dead stars, which will also disappear. Everything will disappear. And what human beings do is just as free of sense as the free motion of elementary particles good evil morality feelings pure victorian fictions only egotism exists um and when it comes down to it too what's interesting in lovecraft um thinking is that science or the inquiry of rationalism is usually what opens up those horrors because we realize nothing has any meaning jesus christ daniel that is <laughs> Woo! oh man i am i am just ready that's that's fun though i love see okay one of my favorite comics right Mm -hmm. is uh, how to be an adult. And it's, you know, like do cardio, you know, do your groceries, do stuff like that. And then the one of the panels is don't let the existential dread set in. And I feel like, <laughs> don't I feel do like it. this is, yeah, don't, 
don't let exactly it settle what it in. is. <laughs> That's exactly what's happening here, right? Is yep. that we are letting the ex- the existential dread settle in. And I'm totally mm-hmm. okay with that. So with that as a backdrop, we're now going to try and create a setting that is uh, heavily focused on Lovecraftian style magic. And who wants to go first for their tenet? I would like to get us started with uh, one of the themes that I always liked about Lovecraft, what which was the fear of the unknown. Uh, Lovecraft, I believe, is quoted saying that uh, the most primordial thing about humanity is fear, and the most primordial fear is fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the tenets that I wanted to establish is whatever the source of magic is, it's either not being correctly used or we're like siphoning off of something that we barely comprehend or know about. So it's not like worship of a God. It's not uh, making packs or something. It's uh, it's effectively like we found either something that is like a, a caveman dealing with a hydrogen bomb and using <laughs> it as a hammer kind of thing. Like we do not understand this and what we are trying to do is only a fraction of what it's actually capable of or not even close to its real purpose. I do. I do love the idea of like, we have this incredibly powerful thing at our disposal and we're just actually, it reminds me of kill 6 billion demons where the, uh, the demiurges are using the powers of creation. And I think someone even remarks you'll notice that they're using it the same way a man would use a pointy stick. (laughs) And I like to think that that's what humanity is trying to do here. I think it's also key that there's like a lack of understanding of what it actually is. um, And that somehow maybe it started with some sort of science, but now it's out of our understanding. And so. um, Oh, see, I don't want science to be involved at all. I want no science to be part of this whatsoever. I think you have to. And here's why. <laughs> because well, uh, that's why. his tenant. <laughs> because when you when you're dealing with Lovecraft, the doorway to um horror is science. Like so it could it has to start with an, an inquiry of some kind. Like people are trying to understand the world rationally and then it falls apart. Because usually the, what what's horrifying to Lovecraft is the idea that our attempts to figure out the world are what lead us to understanding that it's unfigureoutable. Okay. Mm-hmm. Your point is valid and it makes <laughs> a lot of sense, but I'm still going to go about it. But I mean, you can end up where you want. Like, so after you get past that door of horror, you end up in a world that's not governed by science, right? Or anything we understand. Yeah, no. Right. And that's where magic comes back yeah, in play. Yeah. I, I know. I know. I'm, I'm just being a little petulant child about it. Okay. Let me have this. Daniel. Okay. I, I kind of view it like Flatland, if you've ever heard. That I love example. that. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've used Ex- that before. Explain Flatland, yes. please. Oh, wow. This will be fun for me. Um, <laughs> in Flatland, everyone lives in a 2D space. So you can see the door in front of you. You can't see up, as it were. You would never even understand that up exists or that there's a concept of up. But if you were to introduce a three-dimensional being to that, it could step inside walls or above gotcha. or view everything at once. And if you were to get picked up from there by a 3D uh, being, you would have no concept of what was going on, but suddenly you would see a new plane of existence. 
Paper Mario. Gotcha. Yes. Really, there's, there's a really great like <laughs> example from Flatland. That's exactly what you're describing. Where like the 3D character named Lord Sphere passes through um, the 2D world. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Lord Sphere. <laughs> it's 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 got like Victorian feeling to it. But anyway, like Lord Sphere passes through their realm, right? So as 2D entities, what they actually see is a circle getting smaller and bigger as as his midsection passes through the 2D plane. So like you only have like just like you were saying, Chris, like we only have a sliver of understanding of what's actually happening with this magical power source. But really, it has a, a, a you know, it has it has a reality we don't perceive, you know. That's really cool, actually. I, I, I like that. And I'm going to take that idea. And with my tenet, I'm going to ground things in reality. Ooh. Because uh, one of the things that, you know, uh, Gluax Speed was talking about, why is magic dangerous? What about it is so dangerous, right? And I wanted to bring about the fact that there's a huge emotional and mental toll when you cast magic. So all magic that we're talking about now is there's no such thing as a fireball necessarily, mm -hmm. right? All of the magic that I want to kind of talk about in this setting is going to require like rituals, you know, like fairly long drawn out rituals. And th that's one thing that's like, you know, part a, and that's kind of boring. But the interesting thing that I think that I really want to dig into is the material component costs are not necessarily always physical things. It's not always the blood of a virgin. In fact, what I want to talk about is the idea that these material components are going to be memories and emotions. So you fuel magic based on whatever the magic is required. So uh, if you need a mother's love for one spell or the spite of a spurned lover for another spell, that's the type of thing that I want to be the cost where those people give up whatever those memories and emotions are associated with the spell. So you're saying kind of like a sacrifice is required? Yes, but yes, but also it, like it's you remove that part from the person, but mm -hmm. also like magic users can take it from others. Mm -hmm. And the more genuine the emotion, the more powerful the magic. So you know, you can go out and manufacture something called love, right? But it's not the same as something that you genuinely feel. And I think that's kind of the unknowable aspect to the magic. And also, again, I love the idea of very esoteric and very specific things being required to cast spells. So there, it's more like, but so you're saying it's more like, um, almost like a metaphorical requirement sometimes. In the sense that no, it, you know. it, it, it creates tangibility within those things. So if mm -hmm. you if you cast a spell that requires a mother's love, yeah. that mother will no longer have that oh, love I towards that child. Oh. You will they will lose the memories and the emotions associated with that. So it's not as oh. though that you can kind of continually drain a mother for her love of her child. Mm -hmm. And maybe you can just like bit by bit, piece by piece, to kind of you know have a, a tap of that type of magic. But eventually she's going to dry up and she's just not going to, she's going to look at that child that she birthed and she's not going to feel anything regarding that. So it's like, it's like a, a form of equivalent exchange um, in the sense that like, so I don't know what, what you would be attempting to do with extracting, say, love from a mother, whatever the result is. But the, the exchange is 
a permanent um the, the permanent source of her love in exchange for whatever you're trying to do correct okay so it's it, it is the co- it is like so when you cast magic there is a literal emotional cost and toll to the spell that you cast is it always so that, emotional uh it could be memory so so that's part of what i was thinking about i i haven't I thought that that aspect alone is kind of a big enough deal Mm -hmm. where you can be, you know, like fairly good in how you cast magic and only use spells that drain from your own personal experience. Right. right? And then you can also go out and seek others who have those personal and emotional experiences and then use them as the source instead. If you're less, you know, morally scrupulous. So so you could be like, say you're like, um, you're trying to be a good wizard of this sort. And so you seek out like, I don't know, mental patients or criminals that have like negative emotions and you're trying to transfer that out of them into spells. Right. But each spell would require a specific emotion. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily madness. It's, you know, like, and, and maybe the the spells that will require madness are not necessarily the spells that you need all the time. Uh-huh. So it's not like a, it's not like, you know, emotion equals power. It's, yeah. Emotion equals a piece in a puzzle that is this magic ritual. And, and are the spells like, sorry, I have so many questions. Are the spells like really powerful since they require so much, such a price? That's what I want. No, no, okay. not at all. I, I would like to say that be, because if Chris is going with, we're using magic at like a 0.01 efficiency rate, mm-hmm. that the way that we're utilizing magic through this ritual and through this kind of, um, emotional toll we're clearly not using it right but we're still managing to get something out of it right and it's not massively world changing but it's like i i'm imagining something along the lines of that's more subtle that's more hex like or curse like if anything again i want to stay away from um uh fireballs and the biggest mm. flashy explosive shit because i think that that's not really what this type of magic is made for I'm thinking more along the lines of, um, you know, the ability to speak and understand multiple languages, the ability to go invisible for a couple of minutes at a time, uh, the, uh, the, you know, like cursing and withering someone else's farm or, 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 or crops or something like that, like real pilgrim crucible type shit when it comes to spells, nothing huge and major, not quite super strength, but like the strength of four guys. Yes, that's that's exactly what I'm trying to go for. Or the durability of four people would also be pretty. Right. Or or even something like um, something as quick and easy as, hey, I want to live for five more years or I want, you know, and you just do that enough times and eventually you'll you'll kind of get a longer lifespan than normal. Could I add a caveat to yours? Uh, What is it? I would like it that the draining of emotion when it's not yours still sends back like a reverberation where you take on the emotional toll. So while you take this mother's love and then put it into a spell, Mm -hmm. you have to deal with the emotion of loving that child and then losing that love. Like while that mother doesn't have the memory, you have the memory of it. And you're like, I once loved this child and now it's like I've lost a child. Yeah, because you're carrying it, right? Like you're ferrying it from A to B and you're the one holding it to use it. 
yeah, it's like you're a conduit where you there's a little bit of a burn that happens to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like an empath, there's an empathic burn or something like right. that. See, I think that I think that that's far more interesting as well because I imagine that uh, you don't want to use that much magic for the reason that you're talking about mm-hmm. here because like, oh man, you well, go crazy, well, <laughs> right, right? Because you're experiencing someone else's madness or someone else's love. But mm-hmm. let me ask you this. By doing that, wouldn't you then become a font for magical powers? Because now your emotions are now like you're creating Ooh, a loop. That, that sense, that's cool right? because now you can have if there's set if there's people who know how to do this, even th- with their limited understanding, they do realize that they themselves can be targets, right? Mm, so mm. mages can feed on each other. Ooh. Or, well, my guess is like, why not just use yourself as it? Because now you're just being able to use that emotion twice, right? I, I the way I was thinking based on what you guys are talking about, it sounds like the way I was thinking about what you're saying is that like you're pulling this raw thing from one person, right? Holding mm-hmm. on to it so you can use it. But I feel like once you use it, doesn't it go away, or is it like a residue? Oh, maybe that's what it is. Is that mm-hmm. you're taking the raw element of it, right? And what you're left with is the dross. That's like what I mean. Yeah, you're, you're like, the, and maybe it, maybe it's not like the full experience of mm-hmm. that person, but. I imagine that after a while, enough residue gets built up. Yeah, it's like gunk inside. It's like a gunk inside. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like that. I kind of view it as the emotional burden of uh, I have loved all the pets that I've ever had, Mm -hmm. but if you if I lost a hundred pets, yeah, I would have like I'd be burnt out. You can't handle it anymore because there's pieces of it left in you almost. And see, this is this is part of why I want to talk about magic being dangerous is mm-hmm. because one, it has a stigma where you're literally pulling like cherished memories from people. So obviously pretty fucking evil right there. Yeah. And then what ends up happening to the magic users is they become these like husks. husks. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Daniel. I'm so glad that we're on the same fucking mm-hmm. page here. Like they become these like husks yeah. of just like, a melange of just the worst Ugh. memories or, or actually not even the worst necessarily. Could be I the would best. Imagine that. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but even still they become these emotional wrecks mm-hmm. that like they're burnt out. after a while, they're just like, I don't know what emotions are Ooh, anymore. Like they're just like a, a yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like psychically broken. It's like that pool thing we came up with in um, the land of a thousand gods, like this, the fractal pool. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But they're people. Okay. Okay. I could also see, people who routinely use the same spell and need the mm-hmm. same components oh, uh, emotional thing vampires they eventually like that part of them is hollow like we were saying so mm-hmm. imagine uh you needed uh unconditional forgiveness and yeah. you've given that out a thousand times you would be a psychopath by the end you'd be unforgiving yeah it's almost oh, like it burns man. a hole in your spirit like the use of it is eating away at parts of your own spirit I think um, what we're talking about in a more simple term is soul burn. Yeah, here, right? basically, where you're 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 literally burning away parts of yourself. You're mm-hmm. you're and, and um and the idea of being a conduit for uh-huh. other people's emotions, like yeah, there is so that's like I'm getting like goosebumps thinking mm-hmm. about how fucked up that is. That's so cool. What are you okay. talking about, Dad? I mean, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, okay, and, and yeah. We we you, we mentioned we brought up briefly like the possibility of wizards stealing power from each other. And I, I guess based on what we've just discussed, we could that could be like when you freshly take it from someone. There's some vulnerability because maybe that other wizard could take it from you, you know, before you use it. 
Uh, I'm sure, and I'm sure that there's some even rarer, like hyper specific spell that mm-hmm. needs that. Yeah. Right? Like, oh man. That specific emotion. It needs right? stolen, um, stolen psychic drama. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, I love the idea that wizards are seen as emotionally manipulative mm-hmm. because they need to be. Because uh, magic users are like, oh, wait, you're a magic user? Oh, so I can't trust anything that you're saying because whatever you're doing, you're just trying to elicit a specific emotion from me right Mm -hmm. now. Okay, that is another thing that I wanted to talk about. Do they need to capture the emotion in the moment or does it just have to exist in that person? I think they have to carry it. They can carry it. Because if they have to use it immediately, it becomes totally impractical. So I would imagine that... I would imagine that the fresher it is, the more powerful yeah. it is. Like maybe there's a timetable, like once you extract it from someone. Because imagine like to get a particular emotion, you have to plan ahead and get to that person and trick them and get it out of them. And now yeah. you have to, we want to use your spell. Grub was saying that the ritual is complicated. So that means there's other stuff involved. So that means you have to carry the burden of that emotion for a while and then mm. use it. Right. And then, and then on top, but, but again, like the stigma surrounding magic users, mm-hmm. like, do you really love me or is this part of a ritual? Do you need my love for a ritual? And so there's like Come on, inherent distrust within magic users. Do people know that the magic users, like, do they know about these people? Like, is it a really large cult? See, I would imagine, it's, I, I actually, so my, my second tenet is kind of built around that, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into it yet. Um, but I would imagine that magic users hide. Yeah, like, I feel like sure. they're they're probably not like a big component of known society. Right, but those who know about them mm-hmm. are like incredible. Well, actually, I would say that they're pretty well known. Like, I think that people know that magic is a thing, but also that they are incredibly distrusting of it and recognize that, like, hey, magic users require these things. Like, there's some event that happened perhaps where magic is known and the reason, or the, yeah, well, we'll get into that later, I'm sure. Like a witch hunt probably happened or something like yeah. that. Yeah. I can yeah, touch yeah. on that with a tenant I had. Please. Um, the, the the first tenet I was thinking about is to respect the idea of um, um, like the Lovecraftian horror begins in in an attempt to understand the world. And so my tenet is that whatever um, opened up the possibility of having this magical understanding started with a scientific revelation. So um, either it was a, a form of scientific inquiry or an experiment or a new... Um, philosophy that came to be understood but whatever it is it destroyed formal systems of thinking and so now this new um, way of thinking you know it's almost like the, the void looking back at you uh, has revealed that something's that 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 there is an incomprehensible understanding that we're drawing this power from so it's like a second renaissance but the the second renaissance is like a horrible dark renaissance yes so like maybe like you know whoever whoever whomever you know were behind um going through this scientific understanding made a realization they're like holy crap this is terrible maybe they tried to keep it secret or maybe like a small group of people had access to it but it's changed them and so it becomes a source of horror so have either of you seen the movie from beyond nope Okay, that is a movie by the guy who did who who uh, directed Reanimator, the '80s Reanimator, and it's essentially about this uh, scientist who does all of these experiments, on trying to understand different dimensions, and eventually he gets drawn into one, and it's all about like the pineal gland, and it's all about like shit like that, right? Yeah. It's basically sounds like if that were real. And it got out to the public, yeah, essentially. Exactly. Where 
where it's like, oh, this person, you know, like figured out what's going on with all sorts of Lovecraftian cosmic shit. And that's, and then, but people now know about it. And now there's this uh, instinctive, like grimace from society, like, oh, oh no, that's what this, oh, that's terrible. You know, like that's, that's this, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's this kind of like gut reaction to just reflexively push away from that, right? Because mm-hmm. no one wants to know the the horrible truth, right? Like it, it could even, I mean, and, and the word scientific doesn't even necessarily have to mean like um, the science, Western science that we understand. It could be like a philosophical r- reasoning. Like for example, mm-hmm. suppose that um, this figure proved um, Descartes' theory of mind, right? Like that's not something that's scientific in a, a mathematical sense, right? Like that, that's like the, the, the gives that he provides a proof for like being right. That would be a crazy thing to have, but maybe like that proof is truly horrible, you know, <laughs> that maybe there is no being underneath and that's the realization. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that emptiness is what these wizards use to move emotions between people. But as an example. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm kind of like the more that I think about it, the more that I'm thinking that this makes more sense as like a fairly modern mm-hmm. style of story that we're talking about. Yeah. Here. You know, like, where maybe maybe we even say, hey, during the 1920s, this was proven real. Yeah. And so now it's the 1930s and we're talking about, you know, what's happening now, that mm-hmm. type of thing. Yeah, I think a um, modern setting makes sense. Um, because I it's... don't think we've ever done a modern setting. Have yeah, we? I don't think we've done a modern setting. All right, cool. So let's let's talk about this as though it's our first fairly modern setting. Yeah, then. that's kind of cool. Damn it. That was one and, of my and I think that. <laughs> I think that Daniel's like, no, that's not one of my tenants. I got a second one. No, that was going to be my second tenant. Oh, well, then there you go. It's well, why don't you tell, tell us about it? No, it's stupid now. <laughs> well, we, it just means that your tenant was so important and so good that we anticipated that it would be that good. I don't need your pity. <laughs> this is why Chris and I are friends that I refuse to pity him in any way. Um, <laughs> Chris, your tenant's dumb and stupid and you should feel bad. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> no, but I, I I actually do think that having having a modern setting is yeah. actually very fun. I like that idea. Okay, uh, so from beyond is cool, and I like the idea that we're doing a modern setting. And Chris, was that actually your second tenant? It was going to be my second tenant. I wanted to force that we couldn't have it in like medieval times or yeah. anything. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, well that was easy then. You're you're out the way then. My second tenant, I, like it's fairly straightforward, and I think we've covered it to some extent. And that's well, we really covered it. And it was simply I wrote down the magic manifests as powers of the mind, um, and then I, I underscored in the quote that I read earlier, um, only egotism exists, because I thought um, even if the magic in at the end of the day is being influenced from some other place, like maybe on the other side of the void of that scientific revelation that opened the doors to this. Like there's something we don't know. It's alien and horrible at the end of the day. Like we're the ones using the magic and doing terrible things with it. And so that's what I think. That's what I think the quote really means by only egotism exists. Like we're the movers and the shakers and we're responsible. Like the the universe itself doesn't give a shit what we do. So that's why I think it's important that the, the way we understand the magic has to do with one's mental powers and their mental abilities. Can you expand upon that? Like what, so what are you talking about in terms of scope of humanity then, if that's the case? I don't know. I'm thinking, cause I like that you said rituals, right? And that there's odd coincidence. Maybe there's like kind of, um, what's, what's, uh, 
what's the name of the guy that I'm thinking of? Um, uh, maybe there are like these weird Jungian coincidences that you have to put together in a ritual to make it happen, like you were saying. Oh, like a right? collective unconsciousness type. Yeah, thing. yeah. So like I'm thinking, but maybe the driving force is you have to be certain, you have to like really have a strong mind to do this because one, you're carrying these emotions and two, you have to manipulate people to extract them. So that's why I think well, you, like- Hold, hold on. Yeah. I, I want to push back on that. You don't necessarily have to manipulate people. Mm-hmm. You can go out and find people who have had those genuine emotions- but sometimes it might just be easier to manipulate people into those emotions rather than go out and find this specific scenario. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's true. I just mean like you have to not, you you can't be some dumb brute that can use these powers. Like you have to have some, either some charisma or some forethought and intelligence to do this. So like you need to be a sorcerer or a wizard. I got it. Yeah. 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 So it's like, I think, and there's something (laughs) about like being the individual carrying this out. It's not like some, supernatural or divine force is what's making you do this. You're doing this because you have access to this power and you're making that choice. Okay. 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 Cool. cool. (laughs) I I think I have an idea. Um, So, so, uh, okay. How I'm sorry. I'm trying to like work this out as I'm thinking about it and I'm trying to talk about it. So you'll excuse me. What if, you know, you're saying that, only egotism exists. Mm-hmm. Only the powers of the mind really matter, right? right? Yeah. What if you are the conduit for the spell that you're casting? Like your mind is literally the conduit, which is why you get that weird psychic residue when you cast mm-hmm. it. I like that. Um, and then like, oh man. Yeah. So like your body being a beacon or like a, mm-hmm. a, 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 like a literal, you are the wand that you're casting. You're the instrument. Of it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. And that makes magic to me sound way more dangerous mm-hmm. and way scarier now. Yeah. Cause you um, can ruin your own wand and that's you, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and in this case, your wand is just your fucking brain. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's way more dangerous now. Okay, I mean, cool. the, the scientists or whoever could have proven that nothing exists except minds. And so, like, mm. maybe that's the horrific realization, you know, or part of it. Oh, like we're like that whole you're you're just a brain in a in a mech. Suit yeah, type thing. like maybe he proved something horrible like that. OK, OK, interesting. So one one other thing that for for my tenant anyway uh, is the in the original email Gluax Speed talked about the idea that magic users are born mm-hmm. and they they hear magic as though it were a whisper and my tenant explains that in some ways right so my tenant is magic users are only created by the will of their mothers oh so weird. What that means is that the mother has to willingly give up their life if they want their baby to be born with the gift of magic. So like there's all sorts that we can play in there, but also I wanted to explain the idea that magic whispers to them because that is the actual literal voice of their dead mother speaking to them generationally. Is it kind of like the Dune witches where they can speak to every generation of their uh, mothers? Ooh. No, I, I, I wanted it to be more personal than that. I wanted it to be that your mother gives birth, like gives birth to you and exchanges her life for you to have the ability to cast magic, right? 
So maybe it's not even necessarily that you and you alone are the, um, the instrument of magic. Maybe it's like you mixed with some psyche of your mom, essentially. And I know that that sounds a bit silly, but it's also like, man, can you imagine if your mother was so power hungry that she wanted you to have this gift or, you know, like that you have to be so trusting in your community that you have to give up your life and expect others to raise your child, you know, stuff like that. I can see this working really well in a cult situation. Like suppose you have this philosopher scientist who created this cult after his theories. And it's mostly just like in every cult, it's a bunch of women following some male psychopath guy. And they're indoctrinated to believe that if they give their their mind, like the essence of their mind in the childbirth to the child, they kind of piggyback on and then like open a link to that void from which he's made this understanding. So these women are like, they're, they're cultists basically who believe and mm-hmm. they give birth to these kids and they're actually, the whispers is the piece of their consciousness tacked on to the child that exactly, is forms yes. a bridge to the void. Exactly. Oh. That's and that's exactly what I was going for. I love yes. that. I, yeah. So it's horrifying. <laughs> I I hate to blunt the edge of how horrifying that is, but I'm yeah. just picturing like your mother's voice in your head. It just mm-hmm. you should call your father. He seems <laughs> he's a nice man. Uh, okay. Why don't you forever? Forever. Okay, but but that's the thing is that those types of moms are not the moms <laughs> who are involved in yeah. this cult. These so are like crazy, like semi-religious. So it's like it's like a um, it's a religious cult that's abandoned religion. So it's a religion yes. of a different kind. You know, it's a rationalist absolutely. religion. Religion of the mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean. I, I didn't necessarily think of, you know, like the, you know, the Nexium cult angle. Yeah. Oh, you know, that's exactly it, what I'm thinking of. Yeah. No, I wasn't <laughs> thinking about that because it's like, well, those, those women are gone after they yeah. birth their, their child. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 by necessity, it almost, you almost need a lot more members yeah. right? and they're always going to be, you know, like uh patriarchal in, and attracting in women to their cult to, to brainwash them, you know? Ooh. Oh, that yeah. I suppose that's right. I I, I didn't yeah. I didn't think about that uh, that aspect, but it totally mm-hmm. makes sense. And also, one thing I did kind of want to talk about is like the idea of like gender roles now. Like mm-hmm. women are incredibly important, and so I would imagine that you know it's not just finding the weak willed ones mm-hmm. because maybe that just means you're finding the strong willed like, magic. Yeah, exactly. And breaking exactly. Them. <laughs> I, not necessarily breaking yeah. them. So, okay. Bending so them. so now I think now what you're starting to see is um, the different factions yeah, kind of yeah. arising, right? Where you have the weird Nexium ones mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, my Lord, I'm going to spread my seed throughout <laughs> oh, the generation. God. Like you have that one, right? Yeah, yeah. Where it's like disciples of a single guy who's right. just like been, who's manipulative. And then you have like a actual coven of witches. Yeah, I would love to see the powerful like yeah. uh, mothers who are actually in charge when they're subverting the other part of the cult, but they still believe. Oh, Absolutely. Man. Okay, so I already have That's faction fun. ideas. Just, yeah, like, me immediately too. Tro- like just burning a hole in me. Yeah. Like, I'm already, I'm going to spoil next episode already because mm-hmm. one of my factions is absolutely going to be Maiden Mother Crone. Totally. Be- yeah. I can oh, see it. Yeah. I know exactly okay. what you're thinking. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Man. Okay, get the vapors a little bit. Okay, I come down. I come down. Okay. All right. So, uh, is that all of our tenants? We got two out each, right? Since we used uh, my second tenant a little naturally, and it being modern day, 
I would like to do another tenant where instead of uh, it being spells, while spells can still happen, I want it to be a material thing that you can hold that's like a charm or a item in the sense that uh, while the spell could make you invisible, the item just makes you a little bit harder to perceive. So you kind of have that natural mundaneness about you while wearing it kind of thing. But they so, exist. So here we're talking about like actual ta- talismans essentially, right? Correct. But they're diluted in, in. Yeah, no, I, I respect that. I like that. I like that idea a lot actually. And then that way you can have non, you know, non magic users have these talismans, not even knowing what they're doing. Yeah. You, you, know? you uh, some normal person just found it and was like, Oh, this is my good luck charm. Mm-hmm. And it's an actual literal good luck charm. Yes. yes. It reminds me of, um, in, I think in, in early second edition, there was, um, like magic items from Sionysus that are basically imbued with, um, a piece of the mind of the character, um, and here it might be, a, a, it's imbued with the pace of the emotional resonance of whatever was extracted, which would be kind of neat. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's a really cool idea. Yeah. All right. So we've all set our tenets and now we get to go on to the world building jam session. So we're firmly in the modern day genre and the subject for our anchor is going to be a place and the theme surrounding that place is going to be (laughs) treachery and revenge. Oh boy. Oh, that doesn't fold naturally into some of the things that we've had. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) Oh, see, see, this is what I love is that sometimes the world building jam session is like, Hey, this is really easy and flows really naturally. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely one of those times because my God, there's uh, just so, so many got, ways. I know. So we've got a place that is built around treachery and revenge. Daniel, I think that I want to kind of build on what you were saying. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to have it be the origin point for where they discovered yeah. this break in reality, you know? Yeah. So let's, let's tell a little story all about how, our reality got flipped, turned upside down. It was in the west side of our of our world. Yeah, around yeah. Philadelphia, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Daniel's not getting this reference at all. Daniel, <laughs> I thought you Philly. literally meant Philadelphia. I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh wait, it is the modern world. <laughs> oh, that's what yeah, I thought. I'm like, okay, <laughs> magical yeah. Philadelphia. It was just no, but also Daniel doesn't get the reference that we're going for here because no. he's an old ass man. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. What you well, there mean. were some warlocks that were up to no good. Yeah, exactly. And they started making trouble in my neighborhood. Oh, this is, um, I see what you mean. Okay. God damn. <laughs> Fresh Prince of Bel Air. How the fuck did it take that long, Daniel? <laughs> there were not enough rhymes for me to piece it together. Oh, Daniel. <sighs> Your obliviousness is adorable, but also troubling sometimes. <laughs> Look, I always listen. Like I only started listening to music until after 1978, and um, Fresh Prince was still on after 98. I know, but like that wasn't the band Garbage. Like I didn't care. <laughs> it's a TV show. <laughs> Daniel, Will oh, Smith. We're keeping all of this. This is all staying in the podcast. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god, Daniel. Okay. <gasps> 
anyway, let's let's try and pull this train off the the derailed tracks oh. that we're <laughs> back it. onto other tracks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's let's seriously talk about a place mm-hmm. built in treachery and revenge, and having to do with the origin of the this dark renaissance. I've got the revenge bit, but I'm not sure about the first part. I mean, treachery and revenge are pretty synonymous. What's yeah. what's your revenge bit? I'm thinking that the cult leader, like, if, if he discovered that, like, minds are the only real things, maybe he's like, well, I don't need a body then if I'm just a mind. And he, like, had himself dismembered or taken apart. And that made him, like, more powerful somehow. And so maybe there's, like, that mother cult, like, the one that you're talking about that's, like, led by by the women is trying to really destroy him for real and that's the betrayal okay how does this tie into the place exactly not sure about that because you said we want to make that be the site of the origin right right which I okay like. so i have an idea right. for the place go ahead uh seeing how it's modern day and everything uh what if we had it be what was originally like a scientific institute where Mm. they were playing with the kind of the physics and barriers of space and everything. And the lead scientist was always trying to push his esoteric kind of beliefs of magic and everything. And what he did kind of punctured the hole in uh, the spiritual immaterium and brought magic to those who were uh, ready to hear its whisper. I love where you're going with that. I have to imagine that with my tenant being, you have to have a willing mother give Mm -hmm. birth. My guess is that the betrayal and treachery was from the father, right? Like there has to be some level where this is a scientist who is, uh, maybe he's the original cult leader. Maybe he's not. I'm guessing that he has to trick his wife into giving up her life so their progeny can have magic and he can prove the cracks in reality to be true. Something like that. It could be a mix. This, like you're saying, could be a mix of being both yep. a facility, but also the site of this, the beginning of this cult. Cause if we're thinking along the lines of like a Nexium sort of situation, like they approach things like with a veneer of rationalism and they take things from real psychology to construct their beliefs so yeah. like maybe this was a real institute of science, but maybe instead of science of like space, it's science of the mind. Like, and it was like investigations into like, I don't know, like unconscious, unconscious thinking. And like, you know, I just watched um, the movie get out and remember when they put them in like the, uh, the, uh, the underneath, I forget what it was called, like the, the subordinate realm. Yeah. Or, and, no, no, and get out. And uh, like, well, they kind of, they drop them into this like subconscious realm. Like maybe oh. they, the investigation was a puncture into the collective unconscious or something that opened something up. And then to mm-hmm. Rob's point, like maybe that's the first child that emerged into the woman, you know? And so he's furthering her, giving up her life to make this child move on and become the first like sorcerer. Ooh. See that? Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of why I wanted it to be like a father with his, with mm-hmm. his bride. Because that that's where the treachery and the um, the 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 well, actually the, that's yeah, where the, the treachery, the treachery comes is. In. Yeah, maybe like, maybe she was a co-scientist. Maybe she, they were equal scientists. Like they're both working on this together, Aww. and that was part of the trick is getting her to be the vessel for this thing. Can I ask? Yeah, one maybe maybe that's his revelations that he needed a human vessel for mm-hmm. this like 
the first magic user, yes. the first wizard, essentially. Yeah. What was your question, question? Why does heartburn medication have a cult? <laughs> what? <laughs> Is it called Nexium? I thought you said Nexium has a cult. It's um they it's like it's, it's, it's like, not spelled the same. Yeah, way. it's like it's Roman numerals and it just sounds like Nexium. Yeah. <laughs> I have never heard of this cult. It's the, yes, there's a have. show on it. There's a show right now out about it. Last podcast on the left talks about it all the time. You've definitely yeah. heard about but it. But there's actually like a Netflix show too. That, I think it's on Netflix. Yeah, the Jeff yeah. Ranieri cult. Yeah, the yeah. one with Allison Mac. Oh, yeah, with Allison Mac. Yeah, yeah. God, yeah, I've just you've heard about it. Yeah, I know, but I'm I'm more I know more I mean, about it's, Bird right now. It's in the like, trend though cult. of like. Not just Nexium, but Nexium Est. Um, there, the 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 thing that Scientology is originally based on. They all come out of that weird self help space. Wait a minute. I, I imagine that what we're talking about actually is just kind of like Scientology, right? Where, Basically, like, all of those alien spirits are <laughs> real. And wait, we've just justified. Wait, no. wait a minute. No. Well, we're, are, theirs is a you, little different, you know. Oh, theirs involves volcanoes and spirits trapped in the atmosphere. And we could do different tiers of wizards <laughs> like, uh, oh, until oh, eventually God. you don't have oh, any emotions and you've been drained of them and you're clear. Oh my! What I really like about this though is, have you ever seen um, *Raised by Wolves*? That's this new sci-fi series that's out. You've talked to me about it. I have not seen it yet. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but what we're thinking of is kind of along the lines where we, someone looks into an, a place they shouldn't have looked into, and something has to piggybacks its way out and has to be born into the world. Like that's close to that idea, and I think it's super creepy. That's why I like something about comes that. from the upside down. Yes, essentially. Okay. All right. So, so wait a minute. Is this is this now like a Rosemary's Baby situation where the mother bears the child, mm -hmm. but it's not actually the father who's the actual father? Yeah, I think it's like partially theirs, but it's also partially from that void of the inner mind. That's what I mean. Yeah. 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 Where it's like, yep, yeah, okay, yeah, first, holy shit, that's yeah. really terrifying now. But yeah. then the question okay. is like, okay, now you've got the first wizard out into the world. How do other mothers then, do they all just learn that this is how they can bring these things out into the world? And they start I think it? that I think that the scientist father, once mm -hmm. he realizes what he can do, oh. then it's a matter of cult like, time. okay, we now, yeah, ex and that, then it's cult time. Oh, exactly. I see. <laughs> he, he had, he had <laughs> seven brides and each one oh, of his God. seven brides gave birth to a, seven uh sorcerers oh man this is cool right. yeah okay and then and then we can maybe okay yes that's yeah. where we're gonna stop because guess what it's gentlemen fucked. it's time for our twist it was aliens and all along is the best way to turn this back into psychology <laughs> no no <laughs> it was tom cruise all, right. all along come on dice man on aliens it better not be something dumb are you to counting fair, aliens as dumb that helps no, I love aliens. <laughs> All right, let's see. Let's see what happens, gentlemen. Aliens. So the twist that we're going to be talking about next week is the big bad wasn't really the big bad. <gasps> oh, that's perfect. You can go ahead and listen to us talk about that and figure out how we're going to fuck up our setting next week. And until then, that'll be this episode of World Build with us. Thank you so much for listening. If you wanted to send in your own prompt and have us talk about it like we did today, we, you can go ahead and send us an email at worldbuildwithus at gmail.com. And if you want to have your World Build prompt 
prioritized, you can always go ahead and pledge to us on Patreon. Patreon members always have their VIP access to our prompts, to our brains, to our mouths. Chris, for the last one, though. Uh, alternatively, if, <laughs> alternatively, if you want to go ahead and send us a tweet and maybe send us a prompt that way, you can do so by sending to, one to at Let's World Build. And remember that we love you very much. We'll see you next week because we're going to get through this together. Mm-hmm.